I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And uh, this is the podcast where we trek through trek one episode at a time, Stardate by Stardate. And uh, this is our fifth episode, episode uh, Terra Nova of Star Trek Enterprise, no specified Stardate. Season Just, one of uh, Star Trek Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right, season one, Stardate, somewhere in 2151. I think it's between April and June of that year. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, this episode is basically the Terra Novan puzzle solved at last, as told by Ensign Travis Mayweather. That's right. Um, you know, so 70 years before this episode, uh, I I believe they, uh, Starfleet has lost uh, contact with the Terra Nova colony. The Terra Nova colony is one of the first colonies that... Uh, Went out into space and attempted to colonize another planet. Yeah, there you go. It is. It is actually the first expedition to go colonize. It's not one of the first. It is the first. Mm. I can Excuse me. That. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's good. That's why. Let's check your facts, boy. That's why we're a team. Yeah, that's why you we know. do the podcast together. <laughs> <laughs> in uh, uh, in Wade and I's podcast, uh. We'd say there's fact checking, but in this one we're trying to be factual. That's right. Um, but yeah, so a little house cleaning. You can email us at the Star Companion at gmail dot com. Our Twitter is actually the Star Companion. <laughs> um, I'll be sure to try and buy the Star Companion at some point. Probably not. <laughs> uh, we're on all major podcast platforms for all of our listeners that are out there. Thank you. It has been fun so far, and we don't intend on stopping. No, we don't. Um, not until the end. Not until the end. Not until we sit down with the boys at the poker table and say, "I should have done this sooner." Oh my god! <laughs> I don't even want to. I don't even want to bring that up. That might be. I. I. I think I almost teared up. There was yeah. almost a moment of like. <laughs> hard. <laughs> This ugly cry. Um, Card's finally one of the boys. God damn it. It's pretty upsetting. Whatever. This isn't the next generation. No, we'll get there. We will. A couple hundred episodes. We will. De- <laughs> a couple, a couple hundred. Maybe no. no yeah, a couple hundred actually. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anyway. Um. What did you think of this episode? I thought it was a good episode. Um. 
I thought there were some elements of Lord of the Flies in there. <laughs> yeah, you know? it, very Lord of the Flies. I wrote that down. The whole face painting aspect. Yeah, and it it's it brings up the idea that's been. I mean, it's kind of a classic trope or maybe theme. Um, you know how fast humans can descend into anarchy if left. Mm-hmm. You know, basically uh, unchecked. Un- yeah, unchecked or unsupervised. Um, especially when, you know, because the people who are living on Terra Nova now, they're, they're descendants of the original colonists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the original colonists thought that Earth was the one who bombed Terra Nova, which is why the radiation came. Mm-hmm. So these descendants think that, that people from Earth are actually evil. And yeah. so it, it's just that classic... You know how how far and how fast humans can descend away from civilization and humanity if left unchecked and given the wrong information. Yeah. Now, the uh, <clears throat> did you did you see who is directing? Yes. This episode. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, it's Lavar Burton's first uh, directing contribution to Star Trek. He uh, went on to direct eight more episodes across all four seasons of Enterprise. Yeah. Um, and uh, I I know how much you like continuity. I do. And so I took some continuity notes for you. Perfect. This uh, episode is one of can nine. We, oh, go ahead. I'm pause. Sorry. Can we pause it this second, by the way? Because I think my dad's home and he's probably gonna walk by and be like, "Sup." Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll have to. We'll clap on the way back in. Yeah. I'm gonna clap now for my sake. Perfect. Um. Cool. Well, sorry to stop the flow. Anyways, um, anyway, so um, bone, 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 bone. So. <clears throat> that's funny are you so you're gonna edge fill out or you're gonna talk to cheryl about it eventually yeah hell yeah dude i'm not having this shit man yeah i think that's a good idea because honestly man he should have he should have been taking care of that stuff already you know are you kidding me yeah like that's just indicative of the whole thing and i think cheryl would probably want to keep you around more than she'd want to keep him around you know I give you a wasabi? Is that what that was? Hmm. All right. I think we're good now. All right. Do you remember where you left off? Yeah, continuity. Continuity, that's right. Okay. Ready? Um, yeah, one, two. Okay. Uh... Pardon the intermission. <laughs> Had a bit of an interruption there. Um, so I took some continuity notes for you. And uh, um, they are as follows. This is uh, episode. This episode is one of nine Star Trek episodes with Latin names. Mm-hmm. In this case, meaning New Earth. The others are Subrosa, Dramatis Personae, Inter Arma, Enem, Silent Legus. Ex post facto, 
non sequitur, alter ego, voxola, C, Vis, Pusim, and Parabellum. And these aren't uh, all Enterprise, right? These are across all the different iterations. Ac- across all of them, yeah. This is the first episode to name Phlox's species on screen as Denobulin. And near the end of the episode, Mayweather mentions the mystery of Amelia Earhart, and this mystery was solved 220 years later by the crew of Voyager. Interesting. Uh, which will be fun to, when we get there. And uh, we got the LeVar Burton directing. And mm-hmm. the location of Terra Nova appeared more detailed on star charts, which are seen on bulletin, board in, bulletin boards and trip <laughs> tuckers and other crew members' quarters, though not readable on screen. Um. You know, I I very much like this episode. Like we were saying earlier, the uh, the whole fly to the uh, Lord of the Flies aspect is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I I thought the whole like the whole childlike language was so ham handed, but I felt so too. Uh, yeah. is your belly hollow? Is your belly hollow? <laughs> like they forgot how to say hungry, man. Come on, right. you know the parents are saying hungry. Um, and of course, some fucking loser boomer loves the story of Terra Nova. Boomer. Yeah. So those are the like Mayweather's a boomer. He's a uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. A, yeah, a kid born on a shit on a rig. Man, Space on a rig, rig. Yeah. Like a like a fat Mike sort of sort of trucking. <laughs> Yeah. Truck and snare. We got a friend who's a trucker. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, watching Archer meander through the caves is pretty fun, though. It when is. When he first walks in, dad looking serious, peering yeah. through. Um, you know, it was a good episode. Just I feel like there are certain things that were poorly... It's just ham-handed. Yeah. You know, this is definitely. a good mo- Monster of the Week type episode. Yeah. You know, they, they did do things that, you know, like you said, ham-handed. And it, they just do it to remind you that, you know, these people have been separated from Earth for 70 plus years now. So it's mm-hmm. like, hey, here's a reminder that these guys aren't exactly Earth humans. <laughs> yeah. They're human, but they're not. And then, you know, of course, they cure the girl's cancer Mm-hmm. Uh, they're super distrustworthy and Archer, you know, saves, saves, a, a Novin mm-hmm. out of the goodness of his heart, which in turn creates a sense of, uh, <laughs> trust between and him and, and if you want to talk about a hand ham and or ham handed moment, uh, when he's trying to rescue that guy from the water, he's like, he's going to drown. And he's just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> It's like he couldn't just do a sit-up and, and raise himself up a little bit. <laughs> Lift up a little bit, man. You know, and then they slice a tree in half. I, yeah. I've never lifted a tree, but I have tried to lift some rocks. Mm-hmm. And that Teradovan must be very strong in comparison to Archer. No way Dad knows how to lift a tree. It's the like digger that. meat. It's The digger meat provides a certain <laughs> level of, of vitality, and I would say mm-hmm. fertility as well. <laughs> <laughs> i do like how they play uh digger skull flutes as well at okay dinner time. I, i'm glad we brought this up <laughs> uh so it's uh where, where did i write this down uh don't mind us it's our nightly skeletal serenade from the skull squad <laughs> you know like and of course they sound great you know and 
And the music so, is somber to imply that, you know, these are people who have fallen on rough times. They've seen better days, but they still have hope, you know? Do they? Or they just have pride? <laughs> is it just pride? It's probably just pride, yeah. <laughs> you know, in the words of Marcellus Wallace, it's just pride, pride fucking. Fuck with you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, Reed gets snatched at one point, and then that's how the Novans get a little leverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, just just so many. <sighs> just you know, I, if there if there is one thing that I did like though, um, there you go. When they you know when they first come to the to Terra Nova like the little encampment or whatever, Archer mm. walks over to um, one of the buildings and he's like, oh, you know, this is part of the ship that came here. So, you know, they mm-hmm. used the ship as you know, buildings when they got there. And I was like, yeah, that would make sense because if you're early settlers, you know, you would yeah. want to bring stuff along with you. And you're not, it makes... Good. You're not getting supplies. Yeah, exactly. And you're not going to be able to for, forge metal immediately mm-hmm. when you get when you get down there. And you better hope they have trees too because you're going to need to saw some logs and start some fires. Um, yep. Anyways. It didn't... So... It didn't look like the encampment really grew very much beyond the initial people. Yeah, no. Despite 70 years of living in caves. Um, did yeah, you know? and, and the, the bike the bike tire that Reed spun around in the, one of the beginning scenes, it was still inflated, which I find highly <laughs> improbable. <laughs> Looks like they got that at REI when they got the camping equipment a couple yeah. episodes earlier. Because, <laughs> <clears throat> you know... Uh, the planned trip to Mars. So they can, they're going to fly into Mars. This mm-hmm. is not Star Trek. And the first settlers are going to build some stuff. And mm-hmm. then they're going to be able to get back in their ship and fly up to what they left in space. Because since there's less atmosphere on Mars, you don't, you don't need the same kind of fuel you would need um, to leave Earth. Wow. You know, the same sorts of rockets, so they can have rockets just on their little pod and shoot back up to their thing, reattach, and fly back to Earth. I didn't know when that. it spins back around, yeah. It's fucking That's brilliant. Crazy. And they're going to bring down all their bubble bubble pods. Bubble I like how, pods. <laughs> I like how whenever we think of inhabiting or colonizing Mars, it's it's in, like, tarp-covered structures made out of glass or some sort of uh, mm-hmm. high-tech, uh, see-through space plastic. Yeah, I mean, I I got this. My my change drawer is actually a model for a uh, a Mars yeah, habitat. <laughs> um, I actually had that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, did you notice Archer said, "Are we there yet?" When? Pretty early on, when they were getting to Terra Nova. Dad oh. jumps in and he goes, are we there yet? And I just thought, <laughs> so he probably deals with them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> asking if they're there yet. And it's like, thanks, Dad. We're not there yet. You know we're not. Um, You know, there's good moments. Like, if I can't make first contact with humans, I don't have any business being out there. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, Captain, do you think anybody's still there? I'll let you know in about three hours and 17 minutes. <laughs> thanks dad <clears throat> i did like um 
you know, near the end of the episode, they're trying to decide what to do with these people because they find out that their water supply is irradiated and it's mm -hmm. causing them, it's causing their, uh, like a, like a breakdown at the cellular, cellular level. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, the, the, the conflict becomes, you know, do we take them with us? Do we take them back to earth or do we leave them here or what do we do? And, and to Paul makes a pretty convincing argument that, you know, it's like, Hey, this is a culture here, you know, this is, and it, it's a, it's a new civilization. We should leave them here. And mm -hmm. so their compromise is that they, they ship them off to the Southern hemisphere. Mm -hmm. Cause um, they can't, they won't, what are you going to just bring them back into society? Yeah, they're savages. With mud on their, yeah, with mud on their faces as well. <laughs> yeah, you know. So I read Gathering Blue as a kid, mm -hmm. Lois Lowry, and you know, blue's really hard to come by as mm -hmm. a color. Yeah, and all I could think about was where'd they get the blue for the face paint? Because I saw the diggers, and the little diggers weren't blue. So, these are questions that I need answers to, Lavar. Irradiated space soil. Mm hmm That's probably it. That's what I'm that's what I'm going for. Um you know, I don't suppose <clears throat> there's a lavatory on the premises. I wouldn't mind freshening up a little bit. <laughs> well is he British? He's British, right? Uh, Reed? Is he? Yes, he is. I was gonna say Australian for a second, but he doesn't have the uh ex prison colony accent that australians have <laughs> um you know there, there's something amazingly transcendent though for an episode like terra nova because our planet is careening towards an impending tube as a global society mm -hmm. you know and so it makes sense that some people would want to shove off to space and try and fend for themselves out there yeah. So, I mean, I, I think there are implications in this episode that really are... Uh, real. Real, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, the other part of this episode, you know, it's they go to Terra Nova, and Terra Nova has pretty much failed as an experiment, you mm -hmm. know? And mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, especially as we're looking towards colonizing Mars and perhaps the moon, one day, you know... I feel like the early attempts, like if they don't fail, we need to. If if we don't want them to fail, they, we have to be extremely careful. Mm -hmm. um, and it's going to be interesting to see how that proceeds. And that I mean, that's that's kind of a conversation you have, you and I have had lately. Is like, would you be yeah. one of the first colonists of Mars? I was just about to ask. And it's and like I wouldn't. I would do it, but I wouldn't be the first. I don't want to be first. Yeah, you want to wait till it's kind of fleshed out and, yeah. and you're not, uh, you know, you just get there and you have to basically make something out of nothing. I want to, like, <laughs> be able to take my shoes off. Yeah. <laughs> After you a know? long space flight. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know the uh, astronauts have to work out for, like, three hours a day. So yeah, because their fucking... muscles atrophy. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, it it's honestly sounds like a chore right mm -hmm. now get into get into space yeah um another fun fact did you know bill nye tried out to be an astronaut four times and was rejected every time really yeah i did not know that i think it's because he's too tall <clears throat> i think it's a bow tie <laughs> he walked in they're like nope 
Um, <laughs> Why did I fail? We can't tell you. Yeah, no thanks. He's got to figure this bow tie thing out on his own. <laughs> Shows up with the bow tie again. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> um. So uh, uh, a lot of this episode, uh, a lot of people, including Brandon Braga, cite this as their least favorite episode in all of Star Trek Enterprise. Really? Uh, there happens to be an irony there. I, it was just about finding a lost colony of humans, but it was boring, and it was mm-hmm. unfortunate that it was such an early episode. He also described it as terrible. One of several <laughs> first-season mediocre scripts, which were an attempt to go after something, which were visually improved mm-hmm. to a great extent by the cast and production crew. Braga concluded by calling it not a bad concept, but not a good episode. Yeah, you know, since we've been analyzing these episodes more thoroughly, um, you know, there, there, you, there's a lot to be said in terms of, of criticism of the episodes, and I see where some of the people are coming from. You know, mm-hmm. before, you know, before I was looking at it <clears throat> with the critical eye that I am looking at it with now, it's like I was like, eh, it's Star Trek, you know, but I, I've noticed yeah. that these episodes are, are noticeably more uh, milk toast and, and innocent. You know, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of strife and conflict that come into play. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, I forget if we were discussing in real life or on an earlier episode, but mm-hmm. the character, the guy, the the actor who plays Phlox, uh, yes. really, really had a lot of trouble with the first season because they just wouldn't kill anybody. There was no real terror, no real strife, no problems. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's interesting. Are... It's interesting that they make that distinction because a lot of this first season so far has been about the struggle of them going to space and figuring out what life is like in space. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, so all these personal problems befall you guys, but no one dies. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so it just works out. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I get it. I I totally get it. It's just, yeah. it's hard to draw the line between. It was a shitty episode, but it's still good to me because I like Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this definitely isn't. I would, if I were to make a list of like the top ten episodes of Star Trek, I wouldn't be like, "You got to check out Terra Nova." Yeah, you know, far from it. I think the pessimistic sort of attitude that is uh, present in this episode is pretty pre- uh, on par with mm-hmm. like what society is like today. Mm-hmm. But that's not very much in Roddenberry's vision of mm-hmm. a enlightened future. Yeah, you're correct. You know. Um, very correct. Let's see. What yeah, what the fuck was the point of the face painting? Just to look like you're a savage? Yeah, I think it's to further imply that like, hey, these guys are really primitive. Um Yeah. I I just there so I have some other thoughts here. Mm-hmm. Um, trips all miffed that T'Pol doesn't know anything about early Earth history. Yeah, duh. And she's like, "What do you know about Vulcan history?" He's like, "Oh, it was mandatory in school, and I don't remember anything." <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So you're chief engineer, but a bad student. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to fuck him, you know, because he's like the love interest. No wonder you got pregnant. Yeah. Um. You know, and uh, <laughs> the uh, let's see if I can. I mean, if there is one positive note, I guess, of this episode, it would be that, you know, even though these humans 
from Terra Nova, the Novans have become more savage and more primitive. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, you know, they they are able to reconnect with with the Enterprise, and they're re- able to they're able to reconnect with humans again. So <clears throat> it's it is inspiring, and it is you know promising that you know even after all this time and all this t- uh, distance spent away from regular humans, that we're still able to reconnect back with our larger culture and society. Yeah. Yeah. There must be some sort of like olfactory subconscious, like that's a human. Yeah. <clears throat> He's one of us. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, enjoyable. Yeah. Just totally. Star Trek, bro. That guy, the main guy, he plays other characters. I just saw him in DS9. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I think he also plays the clown in uh, American Horror Story. Oh, my God, yeah. The circus season. I think so. Yeah. I definitely think so. Maybe not. Maybe he was in Star Wars as well. I don't remember. Yeah, he's just one of those guys, like a poor man's Paul Giamatti. Yeah, exactly. He's just everywhere. I've seen him a lot in a, diff- a lot of different shows. Yeah. Well, you got anything uh, else? I'd say that about does it. All right. Well, so it's been the Star Companion episode of uh, Star Trek Enterprises Episode 5, Terra Nova. Terra Nova. Um, if you liked what you heard, you can... Uh, Send us some goodies on Patreon. Just search the Star Companion. We're on all major platforms. Send us an email. Catch us out on Twitter. The Star Companion. We're at The Star Companion on Instagram. We got some memes out there. David is a wizard with Photoshop. You'd think he's been doing it his whole life. All right. I've only been doing it for the last month. Yeah. <laughs>